Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Children of God, when we go through the scriptures, we see that life is often compared with every everyday things, events, or occasions. I see the Lord God Almighty telling us in the gospel that life can be compared to a foundation. The life of those who are not in Christ is that foundation on sand. But the life of Christians is like the foundation on the rock. Paul, in many occasions, will actually look at things around him since he was put in prison many times. And Paul will liken even the Christian life to warfare. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says something about us. We are soldiers of Christ. We are soldiers, and as good soldiers... We need to endure hardship. In another place, First Corinthians 9, 20, 26, he actually looked at it as, as if we are boxers and we must not be found boxing the wind. The same thing in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. It talks about famine. And in First Corinthians 3, Verse 10, it talks about building. Life of a Christian is like building a house. And he told us we must be very careful how we build on the foundation that has been already laid. Some may be building with gold and silver. Some with precious stones. Some with hay. And some with straw. And in this, he said that every work shall be tested. In this passage that we read from uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about the Christian life as running a race. We are running a race. Every Christian should be part of this running, of this race. But most unfortunately, we see that many, if not too many people, are not even included in this spiritual race. Many cannot be described as running. Rather, they are merely jogging. And some are walking. And many are just sitting down pretty, watching as spectators. If you are born again, And yea, I believe that as you are here, you are born again. We need to run with the purpose. But some may join us in order to actually be be like us. Jogging or running, but purposelessly. They have no purpose whatsoever. And we see this that... um, 
we cannot in any way be like the Judaizers. In Judaism, you can find three sets of people in the temple worshipping. The first class is the Jews themselves, who actually call themselves the circumcised, the people of the circumcision. Then you have proselytes. Proselytes are those who were not actually born Jews, but they have adopted the Jewish tradition by submitting themselves for circumcision and by following also the Mosaic laws. These ones are called proselytes. They are in the middle way, not really Jews, and not to be looked upon as Gentiles. And of course, we have the third class, which is the Gentiles themselves. You remember the publican who went to the temple and the Pharisee was there too. While the Pharisee was boasting concerning his religious activities, this publican actually could not even go near to the altar, but buried his face somewhere and was saying, have mercy upon me. Oh Lord, have mercy upon me. In Christianity, we don't have classes like that. You are either a Christian or you're not. You are either a child of God or you are not. And we know that indeed, Christians are the redeemed of the Lord. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Saved by grace only. And we know that by the grace of the Almighty God, that grace will continue to abound for us in Jesus' name. The race set before us may be short distance. It may be long distance. And it may be a marathon. Each race has its own peculiarity. But the purpose of the race is the same. We need to run and win. We need to run well. We need to win and not be disqualified after we, 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 might, we might have won. You remember very easily the Canadian runner, Ben Johnson, who actually broke the record of 100 meters dash. And after everything, after they were actually looking and saying, how can a man run this fast he was later disqualified because of substance enhancement such will not in any way bring glory to god the book of hebrews chapter 12 gives us encouraging notes as to why we must run to win and stay undisqualified Children of God, here in verse 1, the Bible says that hey, we must be encouraged to persevere in running because we know that we are surrounded by so much a cloud of witnesses. But before it got there, you know, that word that started the verse, the chapter rather, therefore, therefore, 
something must have actually begun before the therefore. And what was it that he was talking about in chapter 11? He was talking about the heroes and heroines of faith. Those who became fools for God by giving up what they, cannot, they couldn't keep in order to gain what they couldn't lose. These heroes and heroines were people like us. They did not, in any way, some of them did not know Jesus Christ as we have known him. They were the people of the Old Testament, the people of the Old Covenant. We can do better by the grace of God to run this race because we are people under grace. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now these ones have gone to their rest in the Lord. And many more who believed in Jesus Christ before our time, who had gone into the rest, are mentioned in verse 1 here. To have been surrounded by cloud of witnesses is talking about the fact that we are the church militant, still on the stage of fighting, still on the stage of running, but the church triumphant, those who have finished their course, who have been taken by the Lord, and they're now with the Lord. They are looking at us, oh, cheering us up, and saying to us, run, run, you're almost there. These ones, yes, are the ones referred to even in this passage. I thank God because, you know, something, uh, I think I've, I've told you this story before, and I'm not ashamed to tell you again. When I was in high school, I used to be a distant runner for my school. I used to run one mile, nothing less than one mile. Cross country, uh, which is actually not marathon, but long distance. I used to, actually, I was celebrated as coming first about three times in five years. And uh, they used to call me Mile Don't call me that, please. Uh, that was long ago. <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, one thing about it is this. Huh? When, you, when, you, when you're in the stadium, when you're in the stadium and you want to run, and you look around and you see the crowd in the arena, the crowd, and everywhere is silent because, hey, you're part of the race. Sincerely, your head will swell. Fear will grip you. But there is something in you that says, I will not disappoint my people. I will not disappoint my people. I believe that the same thing Paul wants us to remember. These ones who have fought gallantly are saying to you, keep on fighting. Keep on running. You can do it. And uh, indeed, sometimes uh, when you happen to come last, guess what? You still raise your head and say, at least, uh, out of 20 or 24 people chosen to run this race, I happen to be one of them. That is not too good enough. Uh, we run for a prize. 
we run for a prize. And the prize is such that actually we tarnish. But in the race of the heavenly kingdom, there is such a prize that no one can take from us. Eternal, even with the Lord. Running the Christian race can be discouraging sometimes. Highly discouraging sometimes. After doing so well in a task, and you think that people who are seeing you should come and say, oh, thank you for doing wonderful job. And nobody is actually even talking. Nobody is appreciating you. You tend to want to say, oh, I need to give in the towel now. But may I say to you, uh-uh, remember the cloud of witnesses you are surrounded by. And I pray that as you remember, you will know that you are not alone. By nature, by nature, we are creatures of motivation. When others dampen our spirit, you feel like quitting. But a little assurance from the one whom you are serving should actually give you courage to continue to do better. And we can learn from these past heroes and heroines who actually damned the consequences of displacing men and even the terrors of men. These ones mentioned in Hebrews 11, they opposed mighty, mighty kings, forsook the pleasures of palaces, They passed through the great seas, destroyed the mighty walls, conquered kingdoms, shut the mouths of lions, received back their death by resurrection. They were tortured, but did not give in. They were mocked, but they did not feel ashamed. They were scorched, scorched imprisoned, stoned, sunk in two, fled, matured but the faith in God was intact and then we want to ask the question what type of persecution what type of suffering have we suffered for our faith that actually we want to have our faith dampened as we run the race I pray that we will not only remember these clouds this cloud of witnesses. But we will take seriously the next thing that the writer of Hebrews said concerning the race we are running. Children of God, in the same verse 1, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Lay aside every weight. And this is one reason why many Christians are fainting along the way. In sporting events, for instance, I think actually that those of us who love sports will have actually read about it. That in Greece, and where, you know, athletic events used to actually take place initially initially it was mainly men that would participate 
you won't believe it. They ran naked. Why? They did not want anything at all to add to their weight. It was later seen as indecent. And then they started wearing very skimpy shorts. Have you ever seen anybody who wants to run wearing babariga? Huh? You want to run 100, 100 meters dash and then you put on the flowing gown. If even you want to run marathon and you say that, oh, I don't want to catch cold on the way, you put on something like this. No, sir. They put on something skimpy, skimpy, and then carry the type of running shoes that you wear. It will feel like paper, very light, very light. Why? Because they don't want to carry any weight at all. And we know that in the race that we run, anything that will cause extra burden must be put off because of the price to be won. In the sporting event, I told you before, it is actually a price that only will bring glory to you for that season where you are declared champion. How many, of, how many people remember Carl Lewis now? It's now a thing of the past. Is that not true? Huh? Who is reigning now? Stainbold. Very soon, Stainbold will be history. What is there is this. The one, the prize that you win, you are going to win, is eternal. The Christian race is actually different in the sense that it is not the garment that you put on that actually is said to be adding weight to you, but sinful living. Sinful living. Sinful living now is not limited. It's not limited in any way to sexual immorality. A weight is not necessarily bad or sinful in itself. Whatever will slow us down, divert our attention, whatever would actually sap our energy, dampen our zeal, make our joy so limited in serving the Lord, such can actually be considered weight. It can be pursued for comfort, pursued for money, pursued for knowledge, for popularity, for respect, for position, lust of the flesh, and anything except that which actually will glorify God. But I submit to you today that there is a sin that is worse off than the things that actually we used to enumerate, even in the scriptures. Silent killer. It can be called the worst sin that a Christian can commit. People of the Bible, do you know that sin? 
Can anybody tell us? Yes, sir. Huh? Pride. It's not really pride. It's not really pride. It's one of them. Yes, sir. Blaspheming. Let me just say it. Sin of unbelief. Sin of unbelief. You've been a Christian running, toiling, and guess what? Ah, it came to you. If this Jesus is truly the Lord of my soul, if this Jesus is my Savior, why am I going through this? Do you know who was affected by it in the scriptures? John the Baptist. John the Baptist saw the Lord coming when he was in the waters baptizing people. And he cried out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away what? Sin of the world. His lashed of the of, of his shoes. I am not fit to do what? To untie. He recognized Jesus. And it was a glorious day that time. But when he was arrested by Herod, put in prison, what did he do? He sent forth people to, to, to Jesus. Go ask him, are you truly what? The savior we are expecting or should we be expecting another? See what was said concerning John the Baptist in Matthew eleven eleven. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than what? Than he. Do you know that a lot of theologians have not been able to actually solve this and tell us what this means? And sincerely speaking, I am not God. But one thing I see about this is the sin of unbelief can wreck us. Totally wreck us. When the road is rough and the burden is heavy and the path seems lonesome, will you doubt or Will you continue to confess Jesus as your all in all? I go through the Old Testament times and I see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fairy furnace was real. Very real. That story in the book of Daniel... It's not a fable. When they were being bounded in order to be put in it, guess what? They were bold to actually show their boasting in the Lord, their God. We are not afraid to die. Nebuchadnezzar, one thing we know, 
whether we are killed or we are, we are actually released, we will not bow to your golden idol. If God is wanting to save us, so be it. If it's not, we will still not bow. Wow. Same thing with Daniel. Thrown in the lion's den. Lions that actually they've starved. So much so to the point that if they see anything, they will tear the thing into pieces. Daniel was as bold, not as a lion, bolder than the lion because his boast was in the Lord. Children of God, it is important for us to know that trials will come. Trials will come. In the race that we are running, distractions will come. Distractions will come. If I want to tell you today that I am standing here by the grace of God this morning, for something happened to me last week that should actually make me to feel discouraged. But praise the Lord, I am an overcomer. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we have this written, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you, can, you, you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Actually, oh, you may be able to bear it, Abby. Mm. The thing that is there is this. Even in the temptation, when you trust in the Lord, the Lord will actually create a way. He will create a way. Not actually to take you away from it, but for you to stand there and bear it. And after bearing it, you come out refined, purer than gold. That is God for you. I know also that in the book of Romans 8, 13, we have this, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Children of God, so many things will come away. The chastening of men and of God and whatever it is, all these things will make us to think that we have been, we, we have been neglected. God does not neglect his own. He doesn't in any way, in any way abandon his own. He's always there. And the Lord God Almighty will make us shine brighter. Now, the last thing that actually I want to point out is also found in verse, verse, two, verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 12. In running, in running, I said to you that I was an athlete before. My coach will say, Abayami, when you are running, don't look at other runners that you're running with. Look at the tape. Look at the finish line. Look at the finish line. 
Do you know that I was disobedient one time? I was about to cross the tape and I wanted to know where the next person was. As I turned like this, I saw him pass me. I said, oh foolish, oh foolish me. Why did I look? I should have just cut the tape and then look. Abby, uh-uh. I wanted to know the gap I had given them. They were so close. Thank God I didn't come third. I came second. You know something? When you look at others, the tendency is there to want to compare you with them. Horizontal way of looking, it can be deceptive. Look vertically. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. When all this are actually booing you, when they are looking at you and saying that, oh, what a disgrace. Look up and you'll see the Lord Jesus saying, hey, I am standing on your behalf. I love the passage that talks about the death of Stephen. Stephen did not look at the stones or the stone throwers. He looked up and he saw heaven opened. And he saw what? The son of man standing. That sight is so glorious. So different from other passages that actually we may read from. Because we always see, we, we, we always see here Jesus seated by the right hand of God. This time around, Stephen saw him. What? Standing. I see what is happening, Stephen. Take heart, Stephen. You are only coming to your rest. You are coming to me. You know something? I pray that whatever you are doing for the Lord, you will not in any way look around you. Are they cheering us? Are they clapping for us? How come they didn't clap for us today? Oh, our song is not too good. Ah, this, 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 and so on and so forth. Huh? I tell people when I preach the word of God here and I feel downcast as if I've not done good enough in my delivery, I say to myself, hey, guess what? Even your best oration can be meaningless to the people. But that which actually you think is poor, God can use it to transform lives. Why? looking unto Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith it is important for us to run it is important for us to know that knowing more about Jesus will fan the fire in us when you are running a marathon guess what you don't know where the finished line is and when you continue running and you're feeling tired, and then you're seeing people who are ruling and saying, oh, continue. You're actually making it. You're the first person we're seeing. Take some water, and so on. You pour it on your head, and so on and so forth. Have you seen them on the television? Then, when you get to the field, to the stadium, where you go another round before you finish, guess what? 
you see that the tape is still there on court. What happens? Oh, one power comes to you as if you have just started. Where did that power come from? It's like a reserved. And when you run and you finish, you thank God for it. Children of God, it is important. Let's see what Paul actually had to use to encourage himself in Philippians 3 from verse 10. Philippians 3 from verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have appre- uh, appre- apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Last verse, I press forward. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is enough to actually know that you are not running in vain. To be a Christian in the world is a difficult task. But when you think about heaven, you know that you better live your life in such a manner that God will approve of you and welcome you home. One day, we shall live one by one. Be it 100 years old, we shall live. Be it 50, be it 40, be it 30, whatever it is, no Christian, as far as I'm concerned, no Christian dies too early. All the witches and wizards, they conspire together in order to take your life. Let nobody threaten you with heaven. Why? Because when you die, you are going to heaven. Let no one threaten you with heaven. Death will surely come one day. The Bible says death is a final enemy. Let them bring it early. Let them bring it middle age. Let them bring it old age. Huh? Death is what? Death. But heaven is sure for you after your race. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, as your children bow their heads, Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that they will see you. Open our inner mind, our inner eyes, to behold the things of glory. To know that indeed Jesus is alive. To know that the glory that we shall see concerning him is such that no word from the mouth of man can never describe it. Even as we have in the book of Revelation. That is not the vivid description of who you are. So Lord we pray 
that in this race set before us, Lord God Almighty, may we remove every weight that can beset us. May we, O Lord, the Father and the God, focus on you. Not minding the persecution, not minding the chastising, not minding any huddle that we may have to cross over. But all in your power, with the blessed assurance that our God is faithful, ever faithful, to keep us and to make us what you will want us to be. Eternal Father, if there be any of your children who is afraid of death, we pray that such fear be dismissed in Jesus' name. If there is any of your children who is afraid of living for you, Father, we pray that such fear be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. If there be any, O Lord, a Father, and a God who may be going through persecution and it seems as if doubt is about to set in, Lord God Almighty, remind them of that which you have, you have said that we will not be tempted more than we can bear. Lord God Almighty, let our strength be renewed. Let your love cover us now and make us, O Lord, our Father and our God, ever grateful for life that you have given, for the redemption that we have received, and for what you have set before us, your kingdom in glory that no man can take away. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook as Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ekoebaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.